previously on Automation Town. With 29 of 31 precincts reporting, we are officially able to call it Chad Davis will become the next mayor of Automation Town. Mayor Davis and I were just discussing the new joint water initiative. Water which initiative? Tomorrow. You don't think that's. <laughs> Doors open. The control room in the subway tunnels. Uh. Jake created the water disaster. Why would he give us the solution? Goodbye for now, Mayor Davis. I see bright things in our future. So are you ready to save the world again? Uh, again? Another day, another door to kick down. <laughs> you guys are trouble. Jakey? Yes? My batteries are dead. Okay. Orange juice, grits, and bacon. Thank you, dear. Yes, Mom. As the world moves on. Phil, meet Gil, the new director of finance. Hi, Phil. And I'm the director of finance. I haven't been able to pin Chad down on the details. Gil, you're over here. Well, I uh, look forward to working with you. What? That was all I said. You didn't talk about the water pipeline with him at all. I mean, I wanted to, but we didn't have time. So when he announced the initiative during the speech? I was as surprised as everyone else. That is wild. Wow. Hey! Hey! hey. McClucks. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Look at that, the whole band together. Well, well, it's happening again. What's Jake McCringleberry up to now with this? water pipeline that connects the two towns. This feels an awful lot like a like a feel-good montage before the whole finale sequence kicks off. It sure does. I was about to say the same thing. And data processing. Data processing. What do you do when you gotta crunch some numbies or take some data that's in one format and convert it to a different format? We can automate that. Oh, we can automate that. Let's crunch some numbers on this week's Automation Town. That's just Tharvi. Is this thing parked on a sinkhole? It's not what she once was. I've noticed that when we have a bunch of people in the RV, it's making some some new noises. Ugh, I told you we shouldn't have brought McClucks. Uh, it's the McClucks. It's not the McClucks. Thank you, by the way. Okay, so on the subject of saving the world, the new water pipeline from Manualsburg to Automation Town goes live tonight? Sometime tonight. I still need to get the full briefing from Kat, though. Amelia and I can head down to the tunnels to check it out. I'm thinking we head back down through the radio shack, then through the control room, see if we can get any sense of what's going on, and then go from there. I feel like we should be leveraging some sort of mayoral access or surveillance supercomputer to get us answers now, Davis. I'm not sure that's a thing, to be honest. I've hardly had the time to be mayor. Kat's been on me to connect, though. 
And after this recording, I'm going to meet with her and hopefully get a better handle of what the day-to-day looks like. Yeah, any supercomputers? Yeah, with the supercomputers. Skeleton keys? Skeleton keys, yes. Okay, so the show today... Data crunching, analysis, reformatting, all things data-related. Oops, all data. Hey, Pat. Hi, Chad. I've created a view for all the questions in the database related to processing data. Would you like me to start recording? Oh, wow. Hey. Guess they don't need you anymore. I don't know what to tell you. The other night we were talking. Who's we? Pat and I. I swear I've seen this movie before. He offered to integrate our podcast recording software. Wait. It's okay, sweetie. Is this what it feels like to be automated? Paul, you are doing more than hitting the record button. Okay, everybody in position? Hot mics. Hey. Hot mics! (laughs) Friends, welcome into another installment of Automation Pod. I'm here with my friend, co-host, major local celebrity, His Excellency the Mayor, Chad Davis. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Jason. Today, we're looking at data processing. We're pulling a bunch of questions about data processing so that the next time you need to process data, you've got it down pat. Pat here. Wow. Who's ready to process some data? I like the enthusiasm. A question from Georgie. I'm using API connectors like Zapier and make to move data from A to B, but I find when I have to change that data or format it a certain way, that can be frustrating to figure out. Do you have any best practices for me? Oh, formatting. I feel like formatting is that one topic that's like the end of an automation. You feel so good that you've connected these things together and then they come into your spreadsheet or your database and it's like a timestamp with a code that's like 75 characters (laughs) long. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, what do I do with this? And then you Google it and you're like, oh, I actually have to make it look how I want to make it look. Zapier and Make have their own built-in stuff. Uh, Talk to us about the Zapier side. Uh, How would you kind of clean things up if you needed to, if you were just starting out? Yeah, my frameworks kind of start with the most simple solution and then work downhill from there. Uh, What Zapier will do, I think what you usually end up using is it's an action step called formatter by Zapier. Basically, it's just an action step, just like any other action step in Zapier. You tell it what type of data you're trying to format. So the options here, let's take a look. You got date and time, numbers, text, and then utilities, which is like a catch-all for everything else. But to build on your example, date and time, it gives you a bunch of different functions you can use on dates and time. So add or subtract time, compare dates, format it a certain way. Let's do format because that's what you're talking about. You give it the input value from presumably the previous step and then you just say, I want to structure my date and my time this way. I use date and time quite a bit on Zapier. The other one I use a ton is just number formatting. Actually put in some decimals and some thousands and a currency signal on it if you need to. Yeah, and like the commas and like you just, you don't realize there's actually a hundred different ways for a number to be formatted. And inevitably it's not the one you want, but Zapier works pretty well for like single numbers. I was actually working on something today where we needed to bring a number into an automation and then do something with it somewhere else. And it was in like this perfect number format, so I thought. And then it comes in and you run your automation and then you get an error. You're like, that number's not a number. So there's more to formatting than, you know, changing the thousands. Like formatting can mean, you know, put it in text, put it in a number, put it in the right, you know, format for actually working through the automation. And in any one of these things, like learning the difference between strings, which is typically text and numbers, can make a big difference in whether or not a automation works or doesn't work. 
And it only takes a few minutes to figure out if something doesn't work, but that was a pretty good unlock, trying to make sure that, you know, numbers are numbers and text is strings and you kind of format it into however you need to for the automation to actually work. So we talked about Zapier. What's the equivalent on the make side for formatting? Yeah, so make has some actions sort of built right in when you're entering fields into different modules. So say you're sending an email out to somebody and you want to make sure that there's no spaces at the end of an email address where somebody might have put a space on your form from a website or something. A lot of these actions, you might not have like a specific step like Zapier does to reformat it, but you can reformat it however you want in any module. So for example, in that one, you might put a trim action on top of that one field and it'll remove all the spaces. But if you're going to reuse it over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. maybe you set the beginning sort of variable Mm -hmm. to the trimmed version and then you can just use that all the way through. They have a lot of other ones called, uh, like for this number example I was talking about before, we used something called uh, parse number and that will take anything that's a string or something else and turn it into a number. So once you get your, your feel for like certain different actions inside of Make for these types of reformatting, uh, it becomes pretty easy to just quickly change it or to do it once in the beginning and then have it run all the way through. good example with Zapier is that if you formatted it in one format, that's how it works throughout the rest of the entire Zap. If you needed that same field in a different format, you'd have to run another format in the middle, right? A format of the format. The format of the format, or, the, or it's the second format. Whereas in Make, you can get really granular right in the actual module and just pummel on a whole bunch of different formatting steps right in the actual field for like the email or the amount or the description or something like that. Good examples like capitalizing things too. One other fallback if you just can't get it there at the risk of sounding sweaty is code by Zapier. Uh, you've got the ability to just like if you know a little bit of Python or JavaScript or something like that, sometimes it's just easier to get it there because you know how that works already and you know how to write it already. There's also some things that it just won't do. Mm-hmm. Getting somebody to write you like a one or two liner, that can be a good shortcut. Chat GPT has honestly made this a lot easier to say, this is this thing that I've got. Here's what I want it to be. Write me JavaScript or Python that will convert it to that. And honestly, most of the time I can like, copy pasta that thing straight in and it works totally fine you're 10 times smarter after november 2022 writing code (laughs) jason (laughs) and also simultaneously dumber in other ways yeah so zapier is great because it's got it's got code by zapier built right in super handy make uh the closest thing i've found to this is a service called one sas the number one saas and that will basically give you these little standalone nodes that can be little blocks of code almost like a itty bitty lambda function or or like just this little thing that's part of your make scenario yeah that's one of the the major asks right now in the make community it's just like hey give us a javascript module we just want that just like zapier has okay stop saying javascript or everybody's gonna stop listening uh pat what else you got for us how do the two of you think ai could impact data <laughs> said, management in the future oh he said ai i like this one what do you think pat you have 114 days well, that's ominous. Uh, Chad, has has the advent of like normie accessible AI changed how you're hustling data at all yet? I guess we did just talk about one example, right? Like helping you with little scripts. Yeah, I mean, I am not a script writer, but using 
AI right now, all those little unlocks of Google Apps, things that you couldn't do before, and sending webhooks, and these little scripts to format things, it just becomes so accessible now. And I think the great thing about the data management aspect of AI is that if you don't understand something, you can ask it, and it'll explain the concepts to you until you get it. And I find myself constantly in super inquisitive mode being like, okay, I don't understand this. Step back five steps and and walk me through exactly how this works. And can I just, I, can I cut you off and like double down on how smart the thing you're saying right now is because last episode we we're talking about webhooks and it's just hard to like verbally explain certain things, but that's such a great use case for chat GPT right now is I'm a dummy. Tell me what this thing does. The more you go back and forth, the better, because like you can be like, I don't know what this bit or that bit meant. It's such a great use case for it because it's not going to make fun of you because you're asking the <laughs> dumb question. It's not It's not going to overtly um, judge you, but behind the scenes, it probably is. Anyway, so what are we talking about? AI for data processing. Have you ever played around with uh, chat GPT and just data stuff? I have. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but it's pretty darn good. It's, chat GPT isn't great at math, even though they're improved it lately it's still not amazing at math but i've done stuff like here's a csv with 20 records of data apply this transformation to it add this column that concatenates you know two other columns or something like that just semantically does all that stuff fine doesn't break a sweat you know filter a view here's a named view i may refer back to it later um just like applying all these transformations to a set of data and it'll present it back to you in a table format that looks like a spreadsheet and i've done this up to like eight to ten transformations and then said okay here's a new set of data apply all ten of those transformations and it usually does it just fine which is pretty wild I don't trust it enough to do that in a mission critical situation, but I think what's really exciting is like the notion of semantically being able to build robust, durable, like stuff like that, because data transformation tools, like start talking about stuff like R and like really technical stuff. Like it is so out of reach for normal people. Yeah. I mean, I got stuck a few times where, you know, chat gpt would write a script and you'd use it like uh, i actually can't get it to do exactly what i want so but it got me close enough and then i'd throw it into chat gpt and be like uh remove that column or something like that and it would just do it <laughs> like okay cool so like this whole mechanistic scripting world is there but wow is it so much better to just talk to it to tell you what you want it to do and i mean i'll be the first to admit my spreadsheet formula game is like a hundred X in the last three months. Wow. Really? Now you're doing SQL queries and like really complicated filters and like all these things that would just take a while to figure out and get right. Now you're just like, do this thing for me. And it does it for you. And you're like, Oh, that actually worked. And when it doesn't work, you tell it, it doesn't work and then it fixes it. So like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> feel smarter that way. Yeah. Spreadsheets are a great example. The other day I needed like, I needed like a list of unique instances of things. And it did that for me really well. But I think the holy grail is just semantic, being able to explain what you want and then reuse it and it just works. We're not there, uh, but like I saw an, an app in early access the other day that is like a chat GPT interface that integrates with Airtable and Postgres and Stripe and a whole bunch of other data sources and even like Zapier and will like 
triggers apps for you. And like, you can say, run this or that automation and push this data from here to there. Like that's gonna get really wild. It's hard for me to trust it because I haven't actually seen how it works yet. But all that is to say, I think AI will make the notion of building your own automations and all that much more accessible. Hi. Oh, incoming. Recording paused. Gil. Oh, hey. Whoa. Oh, this poor RV. Chad, uh, quick question about Phil. Who's Phil? So he's the director of finance. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't know we had a director of finance. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm meeting with Kat later on, and I guess we'll need to sort that one out. Okay, one other thought. On LiveFlow. Of course, LiveFlow. So it turns out the city has spreadsheets on spreadsheets on spreadsheets. Have you seen these things? I haven't. From what I've gathered, they used to do all the fiscal stuff on these massive ledger sheets, and only recently transitioned them to a spreadsheet that's just a digital version of the same thing. Okay. And it got me thinking, I could use LiveFlow to populate the spreadsheets they've already built with live data from our QuickBooks file. Yeah, they've already got this reporting setup. No use reinventing the wheel for now. You could use LiveFlow to eliminate manual entry on those reports they're already preparing. It looks like each department has their own master budget, but then I've talked with several staff that are each responsible for their own sub-reporting. Sounds like a lot of spreadsheet updating. Yeah, and it got me thinking. Not just for the city, but for my coaching clients. LiveFlow is a great solution for automating reporting when you've already got reporting. Yeah, I suppose it doesn't involve moving to another platform. If you've already got reporting you love or that you've built some infrastructure around, LiveFlow just makes it smarter. And it'll keep syncing live data in. Right now, they update those reports monthly, but there's no reason that we couldn't now update them daily since live data syncs in from LiveFlow and it doesn't require any human entry. I love it, Gil. Good stuff. That's why I made you my director of finance. Yeah, so did you though? Uh... Am I the director of finance? Because Phil- Yeah, let me connect, actually. Speaking of Kat. Kat! Um, Mayor Davis. Oh, oh God, not like this. What is- Okay, now we might be over capacity. Hey, Kat, meet the crew. Crew meet Kat, chief of staff. Chief Hi, of Kat. staff. Hello. Wow. Hello. Hello, crew. Gail, what are you doing here? Well, I was- Chad and I were just talking about Phil I told and you, Mayor Davis, and I would discuss this later. Of course, of course. <sighs> I'll be going then. Bye. 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 See you later. Love you. Hey, pleasure as always, gang. Automation town. Woo! So. We're recording the podcast right now. Here? Yeah. I guess I imagine hmm, it's cozy. What can I, uh, why are you here, Kat? Mary Davis, you've been in office for three days, and in that time you've only been to said office once for about an hour. So I'm here to corner you. Let's meet here. I'll admit the marble halls of the Capitol are going to take some getting used to. You're welcome to make yourself comfortable. We won't be too much longer. Here, Kat, take our spot. If we're going to save the world tonight, Amelia and I need to get ready to go down to the tunnels. Pat, once you're done recording, if you could please create a folder for this episode using the correct episode ID in the drive, then save the files to that folder. That'd be great. Roger that. 
Wow, Paul's putting himself out of work now. Mm, it's looking that way. See you guys later. Pleasure to meet you, Kat. Did that gentleman say, save the world? Uh, yeah, let's put a pin in that. And let's wrap up the recording here. We've got a couple questions left. Pat, where were we? You just answered a question about AI's impact on data processing. Right. Let's start recording. And please read out the next question. This question is from Lisa. Hi guys, I have a recurring workflow where I need to process several hundred lines of data a certain way. We've historically just done this in spreadsheets, but it ends up creating a bottleneck when we need the processed version on a timely basis. Any ideas for processing thousands of lines of data? Okay, 100 lines of data. This is a little different than uh, putting a comma at the end of a sentence or capitalizing your mom's name. Yeah. And plus, these systems cost money, so you have to take into consideration price when you want to run a whole bunch of stuff through it. Are we in agreement you wouldn't run something like this through Mac and Zapier? I don't know. It's funny because there is a point in time where, you know, maybe a couple hundred is worth putting it through something like that, but maybe a couple thousand isn't. Just maybe depends on how heavy the lift is. So, you know, you need to update a hundred invoices or something. Yeah, you're probably going to throw it through Make. But if you need to do some transformations where you're just formatting something, probably not. You're probably going to try to find a different way to do that before you start your automations or put it into other systems. Is that how you think too? Yeah, I guess it's worth delineating between the like the use cases where I think spreadsheets are still fine and when they're not. And if it's a recurring workflow where you got to do the same thing on a recurring basis, like yes, look for a way to get it off the spreadsheet. If it's like a one-off thing, like ad hoc, like who cares? Like it's not worth setting up the automation for. Yeah. But I do know there's a lot of those like ongoing needs where you've got to take data out of system A, get it into system B. And oftentimes the fact that you have to do something manual keeps that from happening in the time frame where you want to. There is some like spreadsheet manipulation that you can do with Make and Zapier. It's pretty rudimentary. My next step is to look at is it something that I can do in Airtable? Like my kind of mental framework is making Zapier usually gets me by with like a small volume of data. Airtable gets you by with a pretty darn good like bit of data. Uh, and then the built-in Airtable automations are, are super powerful. If you can add that with Airtable scripting, occasionally you'll need that. Um, but usually you can get by modifying your data in whatever format you need just with their built-in automations. Another sort of wrinkle here is is oftentimes what is the output format that you want it in? And if historically you've done it in a spreadsheet, the expectation of the people on the receiving end oftentimes is, oh, I want this spreadsheet that's formatted and highlighted just this way. If it's beyond what Airtable will do for me in terms of record volume, then I'll usually look at like SQL and chuck it in Retool or something like that. Retool's a helpful little interface for working with SQL files. But there is a like, similar to Zapier dedicated app for data processing called Parabola that I think is probably the leader in this space right now for automated workflows just for your data. It's funny when you when you look through that stuff, you're like, yeah, these are these are also like brand new skill sets like SQL and Retool. Like they're hard. Some some of these things are more they're expensive as well. So if you think about like the accessible options, this, you know, Lisa has a recurring workflow that happens all the time. She needs to get it into a certain format. I think where my head goes to some of these things is like, what is the simple lift? And like two options come to mind. The first one is most people have a Microsoft Office uh, subscription or, or or plan, right? So inside of Excel, 
you know, there are functions that are built for this, right? You drop in your CSV or your Excel file into a folder yeah. and then Power Query will add that data to the data set inside of your master sheet. Like that is a huge lift. It's still very spreadsheety and not very automated, but it will probably get you to a point where you have everything in a place that you need it. But what I find myself doing more now is making it accessible for the people that have to do the work. And instead of getting them to download and manipulate it and upload it and do all the things we like we normally would do, give them a form, give them a, a simple web form where they can drop it down, maybe pick a date range, have their name or something like that. And then like, that's all they have to do. And like, there's a really, you, you mentioned this at the very beginning of the question, you said, you know, there are some lifts that Zapier and Make have. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites is inside of Make, you can take the form submission data, which can be all in CSV or in whatever it is, and then create a new Google Drive file from that data. So instead of going through 10,000 lines or 20,000 lines, it just, boom, one operation, right. it creates the file. And now you have something online that you can go through on an automation and actually like use if you needed to. So I find myself using that a lot. I think this is a tricky one to answer because people use spreadsheets in so many different ways. And the right answer is very contextual on, is this something that has to get processed immediately, like on a fully automated basis? Uh, is it something that you're doing a bunch of times? Is it something that happens once a year where it's like, who cares? Just hop in, do it in a spreadsheet. Especially time sensitive things, there definitely is value in like wiring up a fully automated end to end thing. And that's where Parabola is going to be suited to do that job for you because it'll take it from A, as soon as that data is ready, do the transformation and put it in B where it needs to go without anybody having to touch it. It is one of those things where it's like another tool to learn though, and it has a little bit higher of a bar to learn than something like Zapier. Uh, Chad, you know what this feels like? A segue? Let's talk about our podcast sponsor, Cinder. Cinder. Oh, Cinder. So processing thousands of lines of data, this is just what Cinder does with e-commerce data. Oh, e-commerce data. Yeah, so eBay, Amazon, Stripe, huge list of integrations, but getting e-commerce data back to your accounting system it's a big ol' oof. A huge project. There's so much data, and there aren't generally helpful native integrations to get that data back to accounting. And that is the beauty of Cinder. It not only syncs that data over for you, but it gives you control over how that data is synced over. Yeah, weren't you saying you can do it either by, what was it, transaction or batches? Yep, so let's say you're running itty bitty Etsy shop. You've got five to 10 sales per week running through. Like nothing huge. So in this case, I'm probably gonna have Cinder sync every single transaction over to the accounting file. Okay, but what if you had something higher, a lot higher volume? Let's say you got a Shopify store running 100 sales a week, 1,000 sales a week. Instead, you'll probably want to pull in just a daily summary, and that's the only thing that goes to the accounting file. Because pulling every single transaction would be a mess. In that case, yes, but the main upside here is you get to choose. You can tailor each of these integrations in the way that makes sense for your data. Very nice. Give the people the website, Jason. The website, Cinder, S-Y-N-D-E-R.com. Check them out for wrangling your e-commerce data. One more. Based on the recording time elapsed, you have time for eight tenths of one question. Okay, weird. Pat, just give us give us another question. From Matt, any suggestions for data exploration? I have a need that's a mix of data processing and data exploration. I still need to be able to see and manipulate the data. Okay, we're explorers now. Davis, how do you explore your data? 
Uh, it's a loaded question because uh, it depends on how people use it, right? If it's just for yourself, you can typically wrangle around and make weird little formulas. And if you don't have to explain it to somebody, you can just kind of make the worst looking thing ever. But as soon as you have like two or more people that are going to look at this, you have to start thinking about how clean this is, how much can you trust the data? And um, like, you have to think, okay, is spreadsheets the actual best way to do this? And for decades, for the small business out there, like that's the answer. But now there's other tools out there. And with a little help from maybe an expert or uh, a contractor to come in and help you, you can really leverage a lot of this tech out there and have your own way to explore the data in whatever form you want. Chatbot, uh, dashboard, email digests, uh, a spreadsheet that's linked to all this kind of stuff. Like the world's your oyster, I guess, with the right kind of person building it up for you. Um, I know that doesn't answer your question, but there's, I think it actually is just go towards your audience, whatever your audience is looking for and needs that's kind of where you go. And it's, again, not all spreadsheets. So think about it through the lens of the destination, like what's the what's the end user going to need? Because that is true. Like there's so many times where you're like, I just made the most sweet thing you've ever seen. And <laughs> everybody's going to be so impressed by this. And I just spent a whole day on it. And then you give it to somebody and they're like, what the hell even is this? I don't understand what it is. So Or they just want one number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I didn't actually need any of this. That definitely is worth keeping in mind. Like what do you actually need on the other side of it? That's another question where spreadsheets mean so many things. That could be 20 records of data. It could be 20,000 records of data and so the right answer definitely depends on volume google sheets now will technically handle like i think up to two million records of data excel well that thing starts chugging a long ways before you get there but when it comes to like exploration there's definitely a bit more of a technical bar there i will say we talked about simple ml the other day it was a extension for google sheets that will do some machine learning types of things to like predictions like predictions yeah like predictive stuff finding anomalies mm -hmm. that's one thing where exploration for a human is going to look different than like pulling in more AI enabled tools because that's not a thing that you could really do yourself. I have to imagine there are tools to assist with exploration for certain types of data. And if there isn't, maybe you look at something off the shelf that's generic, like a simple ML. But I would say these days, if you have a set of data that's any more than, I don't know, 30 records, look and see if there's an ML tool out there that will help you like detect like what are the outliers here just give you a more meaningful way to dig through it than just filtering and scanning through but then you think about the work that you do on a, on a daily basis like uh somebody just wanted to know you know which bills to pay <laughs> or or if we have to hire or not or who do i have to reach out to for the dog walking business and like a lot of this is is simple you probably wouldn't use these these ml tools for which are great but I think that like, how do you communicate this to other people and like build even, even if it is spreadsheet or like f little quick front ends to databases that are spreadsheets, like that's the real win. I think over the next kind of couple years is giving people visibility without having to teach them what you did during that full day to make the spreadsheet work. And like, that's what gets me excited about all this stuff is that, that now it's, it's so accessible with ChatGPT or with AI or with you know any conversational AI tool to learn how to do this, that 
you might not even need to know about the app. You just ask it, what are ways that I can share this information? And then they give you these things. And it's just, it's a huge unlock. So I won't be trying R anytime soon. <laughs> oh, man, I dabbled a bit in college and that's just a level that my brain's not operating on. Okay, I think that is all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep automating and stay safe. That's a wrap. Nice job, everyone. Wow, just like Paul. Okay. I can get out of your hair. Cat, pleasure to meet you. Chad, let's regroup once you're free regarding world saving. Yeah, I'll let you know when we're done. Oh boy. Where to begin? I have an agenda here of what we need to cover. Wow. I told you we've got a lot of ground to cover. Okay, this all looks great, but let me ask you. This whole water initiative. Yes. Tell me how that came to be. Well, when Mayor McCringleberry came to office, he started speaking. Flashlights? Check. Hand warmers? Check. Trail mix with the M&Ms? Check. Whoa. What was that? Oh, that's just... I've got some sardines. Ugh. Quick and easy meal. Lean protein, Paul. Okay, okay. The plan. Gain access to the subway tunnels. Yep. Find the control center we saw last time we were down there. Then what? We should see if anything's changed. Maybe we'll see if this has been controlling the pipeline from Manualsburg or not. Because pipeline from Manualsburg, bad. Jake created the Automation Town water disaster, so it's just so weird that he would create a solution for it. Unless he's up to no good. Yeah. Ready to go? Let's save the world. Welcome to Radio Shit. Oh. Hey, Paul. Stuart. What's all this? This picture. Oh, Buzz. Who is this? That's my manager. Your manager is Buzz McTompkins? Yeah. He owns Radio Shack. He isn't here too much. Buzz owns the Radio Shack? Hey, you you can't go back there. Mm, yes, we can. See you later, Stuart. Hey, that's for employees and managers. Okay, down the hatch. Nice. Down the hatch. It's this way. What do you think is that way? I don't know, but that's a question for another day. Look at us. We're just a couple of super cool super spies. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I always thought the spy life would be more like punching and business class and... Business class? Yeah, you know, like private flights, first class, wheels up in an hour sort of thing. <laughs> wheels up in an hour. Martinis on the airplane. Oh, we're on you in
Mission Town is written and produced by Chad Davis and Jason Statz. Edited by Paul Amara. Keep up with the characters of Automation Town on Twitter. At Automation Town.